Man, who does not like some hitchhiking ghost stories? We've got that and otherworldly tales here on the only no news knows. Have a drink, everybody. I'm not even into the show yet. Hold on. Ah, it's going to be one of those nights. Words is hard. We prove that here every week on the Paranormal 60 News. nights already we are 0.30 seconds into the show and i've already botched words let's bring in the news crew that will help me redeem myself ladies and gentlemen the one the only the colonel martin good cheers to see you, good wednesday yeah. to you sir all right mm. what do you get another dirty martini rock in there yes i am yeah mm. Mm. good stuff good stuff i've got the old lemonade with a little bit of the uh uh, sweet tea uh, vodka in there. Mm. That stuff's addictive, isn't it? My, mm. my, and mm. be good cooking. Good it is good cooking. stuff. Good stuff. Coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, our good friend, Chachi. I'm a friend to all, Dave. Chachi, look at that shirt. Not even a hashtag shirt. This is straight up mm. paranormal 60. I went old school marketing tonight. Yeah. I, oh, like, yeah. It. I <laughs> like it. Well, you're going to have to sit up more in your shirt to really market, though. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've been working. Can you see? Oh, yeah. Open iron is like those guns there, Chachi. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from the great state of Kentucky, the paranormal detective is in the house. Hi, Greg. Hey, old buddies. Greg. It's uh, it's Scoop Greg. Who's he talking to? Scoop Greg. Oh, Scoop Greg. Are you uh, you, you contacting us from 1999 at the beginning of the internet with your connection (laughs) and audio? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I figure I have 53% battery at this point, and, uh, you know, it's all down here from here. (laughs) It's all down here from here? I like that. Let's have a a drink to it's all down here from here. All down here from here. That will not fit on a shirt, Greg. So listen, gentle people. Oh, wow. Lucky Gypsy comes out swinging with yeah, wow. Lucky Gypsy. Thank you, Lucky Gypsy. We appreciate that. Uh, listen, I just came back from my investigation at Joliet State Prison. I absolutely love that place. It has never let me down. Uh, and I talked a little bit about it the other night. But during one part of the investigation, we were in death row. All right. We were in the building that was the solitary and death row. And the ghosts, I guess, you know, before they would be put to death, they would have singers that would come in and sing Amazing Grace. And then these musicians would continue to sing while the person was led out through the front door into the next building where he met old Sparky. And they would sing to try to help cover the sounds. So we've had really good results with playing songs like Amazing Grace. Or Nikki, who's one of the great volunteers there, has this gorgeous little angelic voice and she'll sing it for us sometimes. But people have felt hands on their shoulders like the prisoners are 
are there and they do seem to react to the music. So I had played a few songs. We got a little bit of activity and it was really quiet. There was, you know, about 10 of us up there. Everybody's silent. I'm doing an EVP sweep, trying to communicate. I'm, I'm asking the ghost, what kind of music do you want? And we get a response. Now, here's here's where it gets weird. I'll, I'll let you guys hear that EVP in a second. And for those of you watching, you'll see the video clip. It's very dark because we're in a very dark area. But I end up hearing this. You'll hear me go, who said that? What did that say? Did one of you say that? Nobody owns up to it. I go downstairs quickly, go outside, and it's only one of our security guards outside. And he heard it and came out to check. And I'm like, did you hear that? He goes, yeah, I, I don't know where it's coming from. And as we're talking, I kind of glance over towards the old chapel and the school. And I see flashlights moving around inside the school. And I told the guy, I go, why are they in the chapel? And the school, that's supposed to be closed off tonight. And he goes, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even think we unlocked it. We go over there, chains, lock, everything's in place. So we go in, investigate. There's nobody there, completely empty. So there was just the two of us did that quick traipse in and out. Well, unbeknownst to us, over by East Cell Block down in that area, some of the other people were watching, and they saw multiple flashlights moving around inside the school. They, they estimated up to five to six people were in there. So very strange, right? I mean, and that's a locked area. Nobody was in there. So I was wondering, are we dealing with time slips and, and weird phenomena? But now I've kind of told you the whole broad story. Let's get back to me trying to communicate with the spirits. I'm the only one speaking. So you'll hear me say something like, oh, what kind of music do you want, rock and roll or gospel? Then there's a pause and this kind of mocking voice. And then I start immediately, I'm like, what did that say? And we all heard it. It was DVP, direct voice phenomena. Here it is. Song? What kind of song do you want to hear? You want a gospel song or rock and roll? And it's got that echo, right? Yeah, yeah. So I played it back for Kara and Rob, two of the great guides there with us. And uh, I play it back. And Rob says, it's it's mocking. It's trying to mock your voice. I think it's your voice coming from outside saying, I'm Dave. So listen to it again. Song? What kind of song do you want to hear? You want a gospel song or rock and roll? So Grayson, who was in my group, caught that on video. We didn't, I didn't capture it on the recording. I tried to play back the recording. The voice is not there. But Grayson caught it and shared that clip with me today. Mm. What's weird and eerie to me is it almost sounds electronic and it's it, it's my, I'm Dave. And I don't know if it's because I'm so loud at these uh, events. I don't know if you guys know that about me. I can be kind of loud, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if that, yeah, that was that. what was taking place or not, but it was very strange. So I wanted to share that with you guys. That's awesome, man. That's uh yeah, that is prime stuff right there. <laughs> Thanks. 
Hey, you sound like a really bad narc trying to go undercover to buy my drugs. That's some uh, that's some prime stuff. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah, I like it. All right, so that's it. Joliet State Prison was amazing. Hey, next week I'm going to be out at Parasycon Four, be one of the special guests at the Ohio State Reformatory. Aaron Sagers will be there. Shane Pittman will be there. Marianne Winkowski, the original Ghost Whisperer, as well the Ghost Brothers and um, uh, the Booth Brothers and Daniel Class, Brian Kano. Uh, Andrea Perrin. There's going to be a lot of great guests on hand. That's next week. And there are still, I believe, a handful of tickets available for the VIP party. So if you're interested, go to darknessevents.com, get your tickets. The Anderson House. I'm going to be in Wabasha, Minnesota, this August 18th through the 20th. We're going to be investigating there. It's a great weekend. Uh, Greg and Shar are going to join me for this ghost hunt. This place is off the charts. Amazing. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do a little episode about it soon. Shar and Greg are going to fill us in on the history and the haunting. Uh, and then later on this year, Phenomicon. And this this kind of covers everything, Greg, right? You've been there before. Oh, yeah, man. It, 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 it is one of the best ones I've been to. Excellent. And we've got George Knapp. I'm excited to finally get to meet George Knapp. Dr. Travis Taylor from Skinwalker Ranch. I'll be there. Uh, let's see. Ronnie LeBlanc is going to be there. Greg Lawson, of course. Um, uh, we've got uh, Maria Meyer is going to be there. There's so many great guests. It'll be on hand for this weekend that's in september and then if you want to get out of the country with me we're going to be going to england with neil story september 12th through the 21st and we get to do a tour of england see some amazing haunted spots and we're going to also be stopping at the festival of the unexplained paranormal conference for three days during the tour so you get to not only get to go on a tour of england with dave schrader and neil story but you also get the opportunity to attend a UK Paracon, which is very exciting. So I hope people check it out. All that stuff is up at darknessevents.com. We got a lot of news to try to get through tonight. And I know, Greg, you're you're going to be doing Waverly Hills this weekend with Strange Escapes and Amy Bruni and Adam Barry and uh, Shane Pittman, I believe, is on hand with you and, and Aaron Sagers. It's going to be a great weekend. Yeah, I just left them and uh, coming up here to read the news with you. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, all, these no, narcs, Dave, all these narcs. <laughs> I know. All these narcs. <laughs> I am so excited to be here. Um, you've got, uh, are there tickets still available at all? Can people come meet you guys at Waverly? I don't know. Perfect. Wow. I like that. Wow. Let's, uh, let's start what, off with I, a ghost I, story. Do, do I look let's, like I'm uh, the in marketing here? I don't Educated? know. No, no, you're right. Uh, I'm sure that no, you man, but I can tell you. I, what? Well, Wait, I, what I can tell you this mm -hmm. tombstone was off the hook tombstone was right. amazing yeah um Did we're you? gonna hopefully we should all get out there to tombstone i'm all for it, was, it. let's make it, it incredible happen. I'll start collecting pennies on? at the water fountains and see if mm -hmm. I can afford it soon. Uh, did you guys like today's banner? Huh? I do. I loved it. How, how did you choose who was who? That's what I'd like to know. Well, it's easy because obviously you're styling with your uh, your top hat and Thank jacket. Uh, Greg is the tall drink of water between you guys, and mm -hmm. of course the Colonel. I mean, how go. do you? And then of course my ghost. He's got the arched eyebrow. It's obvious that oh, that is yeah. me. So. Yeah. yeah, but let's get to it, Greg. We've got a hitchhiking ghost story to tie uh, oh, wow. to start off yeah. tonight's uh, block. What have you got for us? Yeah, I've been to Malaysia, so I know all about this. 
Okay. okay. So uh, right here driver <laughs> in Malaysia. <laughs> Claims he drove a ghost. A rideshare driver encountered a spooky situation when transporting a mysterious woman who requested that she be dropped off at a cemetery recently. The driver, Asan Ishmael, just call me Ishmael, mm -hmm. uh, 37, said he had received a booking to pick up a passenger near a roundabout of Samarahan Heart Center uh, here close to midnight with the destination being set for the pending Muslim cemetery. He said he had initially been wary when he saw the location of the destination, but dismissed it as the passenger just having picked the nearest landmark. Uh, when I reached the pickup area, I saw a woman in a dark clothing waiting there. Uh, it was a dark area. I did not look at her face, avoiding her feeling uncomfortable. That's but later, right yeah, later, I heard a soft voice requesting to lower the window near her seat. The father of three told Maharn Metro, hey, and then there, Amy Broody walked into my room. Good. Uh, he, Come on yeah, in. He also, uh, he also did not communicate her without throughout the journey and focused on the drive. Hassan that's, said, that's my kind of driver. I like yeah, that kind of lift driver. Don't yeah, talk. Just, don't make eye contact. Just take me where I want to go. Leave me Bingo. alone. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Hassan said that he had a strong fragrance in the car, and he believed huh? it came from the passenger. But <laughs> it came from the passenger's God, butt? God, but what? thought nothing wow. of it. But thought sure. nothing of it. Okay. When he reached the cemetery about 11 kilometers away, which would have been about six miles he told the passenger uh they had arrived without turning around to look at her when she did not respond he turned around and to his shock saw no one there i thought she was asleep but when i turned back there was no one uh however a few money notes of rm1 and rm2 denominations and a few sin coins uh enough for about 13 rm fare which would be rigots i believe um, that would be the Malaysian money. I quickly drove away and immediately made a video call to my friend to tell him the story. Uh, I returned home about one o'clock, but I did not share the incident with my wife until the next day. Hassan shared his ghost experience on Facebook. Not everyone has the opportunity or experience to have such a mystical situation. And, and I do not dismiss supernatural acts. Some people, yeah, some people sent a message offering thousands of, oh, yeah, I was right, ringgits. Yeah. yeah. Did I say ringgits? Uh, ringgits. Ringgits. <laughs> yeah, ringgits. Yeah, Rick ringgits. No, they're ringgits. It's uh, it's uh, Malaysian money. To buy, to buy the old cash, but I don't plan to sell it anytime soon, said Asan. Do you have a retainer in? We've got this weird. I think you've traveled yeah. to 1999. You've got the internet hiss, and then there's this the like when you're speaking. We're uh, in Malaysia, I, and the spirits were speaking. This, you've got this weird lisp going yeah, tonight. What was that all about? That's because Amy Bruni has shoved like three or four drinks in my gullet. That's why. <laughs> oh, shoved them. Yes. <laughs> Where's Amy? Bring her on. Let's She's right on. here, but she can't hear. She can't hear. That's yeah. even better. Why don't you oh, unplug yeah, your look. microphone for a minute, your headset? Yeah, and that way. Can she hear us now? She can't. No, she, I don't think she can. Can you hear me now? Hey. hey, Amy Bruni. Oh, my God. It's the Dave Schrader. 
It is. TV it is. Dave Schrader. <laughs> that, Thank right. you for uh, right. tuning in. So, Amy, <laughs> you've got a pretty cool uh, and exciting event taking place with your Strange Escapes events at Waverly Hills. What's it like to be back at Waverly Hills after all this time? Well, I mean, I don't. we haven't been able to go to, the, to Waverly Hills just yet, but I will say that so far, Louisville has been full of bourbon. As what? it should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As it should. Yeah. No, it's been great. I mean, we all just got in today, and so we're we're buzzing. We can't wait to get over there. Um, tomorrow night we have like a really big party that we're doing, and then uh, uh, Friday and Saturday are our actual investigations. So, yeah, but we're excited. I mean, there haven't been a lot of paranormal events at Waverly for a while, and so we're excited no. to kind of be one of the first ones back. What is the weirdest experience you've ever had at Waverly? Oh, probably when I saw a full-bodied apparition just kind of appear in front of me there. And it was while we were shooting for Kindred. And this man just appeared. And he looked very unhappy to see us. <laughs> and mm. um, But it was like kind of a split-second moment. But Adam saw it, too. And it's probably, it's one of the first and only, I want to say it's one of the only like full manifestations of a person. Like I, if I, if that person had been there, I would have thought they were just an actual live person, but because they manifested in front of me and disappeared in front of me, that's how I knew it was something else. Yeah. Waverly Hills is, is really off the charts with the type of experiences you can have. I think the, to this date, the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I was walking around when we were doing one of our events there and the local news came to film part of it. And I got radio. They're like, come upstairs, Dave. There's a kid playing with the ball. Now I had been up on one floor already with John Zaffis and there was a group of people just standing around a ball that was barely rocking. And I was like, John, I think it's the breeze from the windows. And he goes, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And, and I'm like, that's really, so I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to take the news crew up to, and I get up there and it's Patrick Burns and Marley Gibson oh. and Mike Gibson and everybody. And there's a, a plastic ball. And they're like, Dave, watch this. And they've got their finger on the ball. And I'm hearing this kind of skitching noise. And I look, I'm, you know, it's dark. The ball looks like it's trying to move. She just lifts mm-hmm. her finger off of it. And the ball starts rolling, rolls right over to Patrick and then around to Mike and then comes back, and as she goes to reach for it, it shoots off in a different direction. And I walk in, and I grab it, and I shake it. And I'm like, do you have a hamster in here? And I'm thinking that they're joking <laughs> with me. And there's nothing. It's just a big, round ball. There's, I'm looking for a weight. I'm looking for something that's going to make it do this. And I set it back down on the floor, and I'm like, all right, I'm the one placing it now. And I set it down, and all of a sudden, it starts rolling off to Marley again. She puts her finger on it, and as soon as she does, you can hear the like it's trying to take off. Yeah. And she lifts her fingers and it starts moving around the room. The camera crew, everybody was blown away. That is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, ever, any place. Yeah. That's crazy. Waverly's nonstop with things like that. And Man. so, like, my daughter is coming tomorrow. She's very excited. She's 10. She wants to investigate Waverly. And it's one of the first places where I'm like, well, mommy's going to stick by you. Yeah. <laughs> Usually yep. I let her do her thing, but I... Like, this is a big deal. Like, it's a big deal for her. Like, because I feel like Waverly was probably the first place. I remember years ago before I'd ever done TV. I I mean, this is, I don't want to like, this is close to 15, 20 years ago. I don't know. 
But we went to Waverly, and I remember at that time, they let you in that main kind of walkway when you get off that right. get top area, and they would lock you in. And I remember that moment uh, of them. I had flown from California. I was so excited to actually do this. I was like, I'm going to investigate Waverly. And they were just kind of like, okay, we're going to lock the door behind you, and there's no other way out. And I knew at that moment that I was absolutely going to experience something. Like I knew, and I almost had like a full-blown panic attack because I was thinking, there's no way I'm not going to experience something paranormal tonight. And it was true, I did. I experienced many things, but it was just that it's one of those places where you walk into and you're like, there's no way I'm getting out of here without having something unexplainable happen. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to get back out there again. That place is great. If you have a chance, keep up with Strange Escapes, uh, see all the great places Amy's going to be visiting and and uh, checking out uh, like we do with Paranormal 60. We're always out and about hitting up different haunted spots, and especially if there's bourbon to be found somewhere <laughs> nearby. <laughs> always guaranteed spirits in Kentucky, that's for sure. That's right. It's good to see you guys. Mwah. Good to see you too. Thanks for stopping in, Amy. Take You're care. welcome to stay. I don't want to <laughs> shuffle you out of Greg's room. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but Greg's wife, Lynn. Who I yeah. <laughs> Maybe grab nice a cover. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, uh, Colonel Vader, you're going to have to move your microphone down. We're getting a bit of the old uh, huffle puff. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's you or Chachi. One of you is doing the be Chachi. heavy breathing while Amy Bruni's uh, talking. That's no, not that really was intentional. Your oh, now yeah, I understand. Yeah. There you go. All right. Good to see you, Amy. Nice to see her. And those events are always such a blast. Um, all right. Let's get to it. Uh, Chach. Yes, sir. Not to not to be outdone. First of all, I, let me go. Before we go, I want to start with a question. Um, that last story. Let's say you're a Lyft driver, a taxi driver, an Uber driver. You get a call. A woman climbs in your car and asks to be dropped off at a cemetery. In all seriousness, do you take her? And do you take her without turning to look at her? I would have to say, how much is the fare I'm getting paid? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Let's but start with the economics behind it. Oh, certainly. No. If I'm going to a if if I somebody gets in my car and wants to be dropped off at a cemetery, mm -hmm. I've got to turn around and see what's going on. I I have to see who's with me, and that this guy never looked. And what? There's no cameras in their car. A lot of these guys have have cameras in their car. I've started. That, um, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and mute you, Greg, while uh, Amy's whispering creepy stuff in the background. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like it. So yeah. sounds like we're getting even. VP talking here and all this. <laughs> so, uh, um, pass me the bourbon. Uh, let's. So, I don't know, man. I, if honestly, if a, if a woman, a spe a specifically a woman, because I grew up in the Chicagoland area with the legend of Resurrection Mary. Mm -hmm. And if I, if a woman climbs in my car and needs a ride to a cemetery, you're damn well positive I'm going to take a peek at her and definitely flip on my camera because if she just kind of, dissipates buddies i'm cashing in i'm off of this show i'm living in malaysia <laughs> doing mm -hmm. uber rides what do you think marty would you take a look would you would you be comfortable yeah, taking her? now you know i think i think just natural reaction would be to just at least glance quickly over there you know mm -hmm. it's it's uh uh it is kind of strange that he didn't do that but there again you know he has people coming in his car hourly so maybe he's just tired of seeing people and maybe he's like ah it's just another ride Maybe. It's, it's also a cultural thing, though, as far as in, in uh, Islamic culture, 
Uh, there's a lot of times when you're interacting males and females, you do not make eye contact. You kind of don't do that. Even with somebody that asks you to be dropped off at a cemetery, Greg, I think I might break that cultural issue. I'm just trying to kind of broaden everybody's. There was some place where Greg and I took an Uber to a cemetery Mm -hmm. and that was easy to do. Getting picked up from the cemetery though was very difficult. Yeah, nobody really. Come get us. Nobody come yeah, get really. us. No. Oh yeah, we'd have wow. walking L- until somebody would come L- pick us up. Little Sprite, thank you for the Little love and support. Little Sprite, awesome. wow, um, wow. Nice. So wait a minute. So you guys get dropped off. They're not comfortable picking you up at a cemetery. Oh no, yeah. there'll be nobody that no. pick us up. So we'd have walking for a while until we got far enough away that it's like pick us up at the corner of you know this and this, and they yeah. did. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. That but is. I don't know. You know I, I don't but know if I'd be that guy that would go to pick you up at the cemetery either. Yeah. The, yeah. Especially if the especially if the note says, "Do you have room for tarps and shovels?" <laughs> <laughs> we left those there. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not a good sign. Yeah, you know, right, there's listen. there's sacrifices you have to make when you're yeah, doing paranormal. And when he says sacrifices, <laughs> when he says sacrifices, sacrifices, yeah, it's more physical than mental. You wouldn't believe how many old fashions I've had, Eric. You oh, I think we so we obviously do. I'm so yeah. worried about Chachi because he's been traveling for eight hours and he does not travel well without a couple of snifters. Oh, and no. I don't know if he's going to get through one story, let alone two. So everybody, get your drink ready. All right, here Let's we go. Take get a warm up. Warm up. Take a warm up. Fill it. Fill it up. I literally yeah. walked in the house 15 minutes before the show started, printed off my stories, oh. and just read them right before we came on air. So. Hey. That's that's 14 more minutes of preparation Ooh. than Greg had all day. <laughs> hey, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, you guys right. print up your stories? You print them up? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Back in the 80s, HP invented this thing called a printer. Yeah. Brr, 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 a big, big. All invention. right. Eric, uh, where are we going to start? I'll, I'll need everybody's support here, okay? Okay, please. I'm going to look at the are. words with you. I'm here with you, Chachi. <laughs> but I am also putting the glass up to my lips, too. So Smart move. That's right, Melinda. <laughs> we'd be struggling here in a moment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. The haunting of Lydia's Bridge in Jamestown has been immortalized with a special marker. A Jamestown legend won't be forgotten anytime soon. On Friday, onlookers watched as the legends and lore marker for Lydia's Bridge, one of the Piedmont triads. Mm, is it triad? Let's go with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Triad. 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 We'll yeah, try okay. triad. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Come on. But you know what? Us. It's just not the same when you give it up on your own. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I prefer. Is that a Promite <laughs> reference? What was that all about? Yeah. Yeah. Marty yeah. likes you to struggle a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Has yeah. a drink. Struggling. All right. I'll just work that's through right. it. Okay. So. Uh, all right. So. Um, struggling. Struggling. Here we go. The marker <laughs> reads Lydia's Bridge. Since the 1920s, an apparition of a young woman has been seen hitchhiking here only to disappear when drivers come to her aid. The walkway runs alongside East Main Street in Jamestown. There's a place where the path crosses under the train tracks, and it's there that the legend lies. Mm-hmm. Paranormal author Amy Greer, who researched the legend alongside Michael Renegar, says the story dates back to June 1923. Almost 100 years ago, for those of you that don't know math. She was coming home with her boyfriend from a dance, and she came in, and they got into the curb and had an accident. They crashed, and it killed her instantly. In the years since, stories have been passed around of a girl or a woman still lurking near the bridge where she lost her life. Different people have described her in different ways. She just looked horrifying, Greer said. And so they took off. They didn't even allow her to get into the vehicle and go with them. 
Well, the legend runs deeps in Guilford County. It runs deeps. It runs it? deeps. It it runs deeps. You got uh, it. it. Runs deeps. Yep. Run deeps. So I just like to say I know what I said. I didn't call myself out because Marty didn't want me to, but That's I paused right. so that somebody else could. Thank That's, you. You did well. That is, yeah, I love yeah. I love that smile, that, that smile, gratification smile. Dude. So somebody else could. It smile. The smile I, is I, exactly I, what it is. Every time I, I, I actually like dude. it too. I am, what the hell, man? You're like a nine-year-old. What is going on with you? Say, you guys what are talking you? about spirits and ghosts, and I like both of them. <laughs> what did I do? You've got oh like this weird God. lateral lisp going what is on. Tonight. Up with it's the lisp. Let me let me take that back. It's not weird. It's just not what we're used to. Right. Here, let me let me unplug from this. Has to hashtag this? politically correct. Has to, has yeah, to. I'm pretty sure it's the mic that makes you talk. Yeah. 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 Because you keep dipping in and out. We can't hear you at all. That's yeah, much. That's really good. Try doing this, Greg. Try logging out and logging back in in about 45 minutes. <laughs> All Love right, Chachi, read. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, read. There you go. Um, yeah. Wow. While the re- ooh, while the legend ooh, wow. run deep in Guilford County, Grant and Renegar weren't content with the stories. No, they, they weren't. They wanted answers. So the uh-huh. two began investigating, searching for the real-life Lydia behind Lydia's bridge. Greer mm-hmm. remembers that the moment that they found their answer. He says, look, you got to look right here. It was an article from 1920 describing a crash that left a Miss Annie L. Jackson dead with the L standing for Lydia. I'm trying and to I, tell Greg his mic is off and he's not picking up my, my uh, hieroglyphs here. So I'm sorry. So Lydia. Oh, I Lydia. turned my mic off so because I, I was slurping. Oh, okay. All right. Well, he it looked was, like you were talking. He, yeah. was, he was slurping. slurping. <laughs> he was slurping. He's slurping. All right. So, so get back to Lydia. Oh, gosh. All right. So he said, hey, this is a needle in the haystack we've been looking for. According to the death certificate, Annie L. Jackson of Greensboro was already dead when she arrived at the hospital at about 10.30 p.m. on June 20th, 1920. The document Seriously. doesn't offer much more in terms of who she was, but it uh-huh. does tell us she worked in the sample room at Vicks Chem Company, and she was buried at Holtz Chapel on June 22nd. Her mm. grave marker says she was born on April 28th, 1885, making her just 35 years old at the time of her passing. As it turns out, Lydia's legacy was more than just ghost stories. Well, wow. Lydia, what a crazy story. It is. There's a lot of these hitchhiking ghost tales that kind of unnerve me. Yeah. Unnerve me. Listen, real quick. Yes. I, I, I got to get to this. thing on. What? <laughs> can we just keep that little audio bit? <laughs> yeah. So we can play it whenever we need it. What do they call that? A drop, it? right? You got to you got to Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Look at this, Listen. Look at this thing. Look at it. Somebody could aim me back in here quick. Yeah, good yeah. Lord. Call in the backup. All right, so let's get back into this real quickly. Amy said she's she's going to be investigating. She's got a 10-year-old daughter who's going to go right. in with her. And uh, here's something pretty cool. We have a, a special guest who's going to drop in with us real quickly here. His name is Ryan Crawley, and he is an author. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to put us in a different way here so that we can feature you. You've written you a, a kid's book about uh, the paranormal. And uh, let me I'll throw up that cover. Oh, Ellie and Jack, third grade ghost hunters. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. awesome. Nice. Yeah. Talk to us a little topic. bit about the book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Dave, for having me on. Sure. Um, so it happened about uh, nine months ago or so where uh, I went in for a normal endoscopy. 
I don't know if you guys have ever had endoscopy done, but they oh, yeah. shove things down your throat. And I've had probably 10 or so done over the years just because I have some throat issues. And uh, so this one I came to and everyone was kind of hovering above me. And they said, well, we, we thought we lost you. They said, uh, you didn't take a breath for about 10 minutes there, which was uh, crazy because I can hold my breath for about 30 seconds while I'm swimming. You know, <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes yeah. is awful long time. That's 20 yeah. seconds longer than me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so they said, uh, they didn't tell me why, but they probably gave me too much medication or whatever. And, you know, when you have a run-in with uh, – death type scenario you kind of make jokes about it a little bit i kind of joked a little bit about it waiting for my superpowers to kick in whatever right. and then uh i started thinking you know i didn't let others know at the time but i was thinking you know i have a two-year-old and a one-year-old uh at home and if something would have happened to me would they have remembered me other than just a guy that uh, sure. liked to watch scooby-doo with them or you know, chase them around the house and, and, and that type of stuff. They're so young. And I knew I had a surgery coming up in another month, another throat surgery. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, am I going to survive this one? Is this a sign that I need to get things in order? And so I went ahead and uh, back before I became a, a full-time writer, I was an educator. So I had my master's degree in education and I was a reading specialist. And so I, I've helped over a thousand kids learn to read better. And uh, so I thought, you know, I'm going to take those skills. I'm going to go ahead and write my own book. Uh, I'm going to use aspects from my own family with Ellie and Jack. And uh, I'm going to kind of create a scenario that might happen later on down the road, just in case something should happen to me. They'd have something. It sounds kind of morbid, but they'd have something to remember me by. Right. Uh, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. 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 And so uh, slowly I started writing it. I had about a month before the surgery was to happen. So I wrote it. It's about 7,000 words long or so. And then I went ahead and found an illustrator and I, that I could work with that could be patient enough with me. And I basically told him, I said, here's the money. If you don't hear from me, here's an email address to send it to my wife. So she'll at least have the, have the book for later on in life. So Mm -hmm. uh luckily things worked out i i survived and uh yeah we have ellie and jack third grade ghost hunters there that's awesome, awesome. and now yeah. so you're an educator who's helped people learn to read could you get a copy of of your book sent to each one of the guys <laughs> on this side <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. if you've listened to any part of tonight's show you yeah. should be well aware they're gonna need <laughs> maybe you could write a nice children's book yeah. called the paranormal 60 news crew learns to read better yet better yet dave why don't we have a ryan section at the very end of the show and he kind of kind of explain what we did and how we should have done it and what we did yeah. wrong that would be uh, fantastic think, yeah we'd need an extra three hour show after the yeah. hour yeah, and good point. 30 good minutes point. we blow up into well that's cool now have your kids had a chance to read this with you well uh ellie and jack are actually so ellie's three years old and Jack mm -hmm. turns two in about a month and a half or so. But um, sounds like you know, you're just making through... excuses for their laziness and not reading. <laughs> we had to go through uh, <laughs> because in the book I made them twins, but sure. uh, we had to go through IVF. I don't know if you, Dave. I know you're very 
fertile, so you probably have never had to go through that. <laughs> yeah. ah, that's a word he doesn't even know. That was good. Yeah. You go I thought you had an irritable bowel. Later, you have a kid. Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But uh, for for IVF, you only have about a thirty percent chance of it being successful. And so we had a group of embryos, and uh, we told the doctor to choose the healthiest one, and he chose Ellie. And the very first time it worked, and so about a year and a half later. Uh, we said, you know what, we're, we might be ready for another kid. And so we told him to pick the healthiest one out of the freezer. And there's somewhere he's being kept in the freezer, poor Jack, next to some, you know, <laughs> waffles and ice cream cups or something. But we pulled him out of the freezer, and once again, it, it worked. And so That's technically, awesome. because they came from the same group of embryos, they're fraternal twins, but they're born a year and a half apart. Oh, so that's in good. the book, wow. I just I made them the same that. age. That's funny. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've read the book to them several times, and they'd still rather read Scooby Doo or you know some of those yeah, books. Sure. But yeah. Once in a while, they'll they'll ask me to read it to them again. So you do you roll the dice for a third time and end up with a kid that looks like a bomb pop or something? Is that what you're? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm an old man, so I'm. I'm I'm getting up there in age. I don't wait a minute. Right wait now, a minute. Wait a minute. Look at this group. You're just admitting you're an old man too. Could you how and how old are you, Ryan? I'm 48. Jesus. Oh. Yeah, boy. Oh, I want to be old like there. Ryan. Boy, I can't wait till I get to be that old. Yeah. When, cool. when, I was, when I was a teacher, I, I taught primary elementary kids, so the lower grades. I would see parents come and pick up their kids from school. And uh, you know, the other students. I mean, they'd whisper and say, hey, is that your grandpa coming to pick you up? Or is that your grandma coming to pick you up <laughs> as their parents? And you know those parents got out in the parking lot and cried a little bit. So no. I'm just trying to I'm trying to keep myself in decent enough shape where, you know, when the kids are getting into kindergarten, I'm going to be like 54, 55, somewhere around there. So I'm going to be getting up there. I'm going to. I don't think yeah. I'm going to roll the dice and try a third kid. I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to stay around that. Ryan, Ryan, it could always be worse. My wife pulls up to pick me up and they go, your daughter's here. <laughs> so your you cousin that daughter. That's right. Okay. So the book is called Ellie and Jack third grade ghost hunters. We have a link for that book on today's program guide. So people can find it, read it. Oh, listen, all of you ghost hunting grandpas and grandmas and moms and dads out there looking for something to share with your kids, with your passion. There's no reason that you don't already own a copy of this book. Get the book, read it, and then go write a review for it and help build this uh, child's book up because that's that's really amazing. And thank you for agreeing to come on and share a little bit about that with us, Ryan. Well, you bet, David. It's, uh, it's available on Amazon. And also, uh, really quickly, 20% of any profits goes to uh, local animal shelters here in Illinois. So, Oh, yeah. So, uh, oh, awesome. Yeah, if you buy the book, it's, you're going to be helping animals at the same time. All right. Sounds like a hell of a plan. Thank you so much, Ryan. And uh, again, there's a link for the book on today's program guide. Ryan Crawley, make sure you guys go check out the book. Uh, that's really neat. Ooh, how did I get below Marty? This cannot happen. Let's yeah, shuffle well, uh, around. Oh, there we go. God, yeah. yeah. Now we're now we're oh. feeling better about the way the show goes. <laughs> uh, that's great. Very cool. Again, we have the book in today's program guide. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got more to discuss, more strange and supernatural news coming your way right here on the Paranormal 60 News. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? 
maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get better help. Visit betterhelp.com p60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's better help h-e-l-p dot com slash p60 it's time to take control of your life dave's here rooting you on and if i can do this you can do this let's do this together betterhelp.com slash p60 there's a link for it on today's program guide are you looking to purchase a new home but not sure where to start that's completely normal because there's thousands of questions that need answers when it comes to a new home purchase. Like how much do I need to put down? What are the rates? What are the closing costs? What does my credit score need to be? That's where I come in. My name is Wendy Schrader and I'm a mortgage banker here at Paramount Residential Mortgage Group, also known as PRMG. And I'd be happy to answer any of those questions and help walk you through the mortgage process because buying a home is a stressful yet exciting time and I can make it easy for you if you mortgage with me at PRMG. My number is 763-203-9641, or you can email me at wschrader at prmg.net. I'd be happy to work with you and answer any questions you have and just get you to that closing table so that way you can turn that key and walk into your new home. Thank you so much. And for those of you worried about your credit score and having your credit pulled, they can do soft credit pulls now. Start making that dream a reality. If you want to purchase that new home or a new home for you, take that first step. Know your buying power. Contact Winnie Schrader, NMLS number 232231. You can call her at 763-203-9641. That's 763-203-9641. Haunted Magazine is a publication dedicated to all things paranormal and spooky. Each issue features articles, interviews, and stories about ghosts, hauntings, and other unexplained phenomena. The magazine also covers topics such as cryptozoology, UFOs, and other aspects of the supernatural. Expect to find in-depth investigations of haunted locations, first-hand accounts of ghostly encounters, and reports of paranormal events and attractions. The magazine also includes features on the latest ghost hunting technology and techniques, as well as tips for those looking to search the supernatural on their own.
issue 37, The Frights of Spring, will be in stores from March 6. So remember, don't be normal. Be paranormal, and order your copy today. All right, we are back. We've got more news to share. I don't know what kind of shenanigans that guys <laughs> are confusing all these pointing fingers. Everybody watching this. No, let's oh, not. Knock it off. Listen, we've got more stories to share. The Colonel's back and lit up. I like to see that. All right. you, were, you were looking a little dark there for a second. I'm glad Thank you. I am lit mm-hmm. up. Yes, I am. That oh, I am. yeah, you are. Yes. All right. Uh, hey, scientists may be a step closer to finding out what really happens when we die. What happens after we die? That's a question the living among us will never be able to answer. But as for what happens when we die, that's a conundrum that scientists may be a step closer to solving. Researchers observing the brains of dying patients have reported a surge in activity similar to that seen while dreaming or in seizure patients during hallucinations and out-of-body experiences. The study may help explain the near-death experiences reported by up to a fifth of cardiac arrest survivors, regardless of cultural or religious background. That's crazy to me, guys. A fifth of cardiac arrest survivors have had these near-death experiences. Mm crazy that's 25 percent for that's like one out of five yeah that's that's 20 wow look at you look at you figuring that out all on your own (laughs) carry the five that's like 25 percent that's right exactly two of the patients showed (laughs) showed a rapid rise in an area of the brain known as the hot zone which you will not find with any of the four of us. Uh, it is thought <laughs> hey, to be critical for conscious processing. The increase in gamma waves detected by the EEG was stimulated by global hypoxia, the complete lack of oxygen after ventilation was removed, while their heart rate also increased. Writing in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, the team said, Internal perception of bright light or familiar faces reported by survivors or clinical death uh, suggests a preserved capacity in the dying brain to process internally generated vision. In short, the moments before death may be more vivid than a simple fading to black. However, the team is keen to stress the results do not prove any form of thought or consciousness at the point of death because the patients did not survive to report their experiences. All four patients in the study had been determined beyond medical help. Their families granted permission for the removal of life support. Uh, Dr. Maya Halova, who collaborated with Dr. Borgin on the work, uh, also collected EEG data for the study They added, we are unable to make correlations of the observed neural signatures of consciousness with a corresponding experience in the same patients in this study. However, the observed findings are definitely exciting and provide a new framework for our understanding of covert consciousness in dying humans. Empirical evidence presented in this study strongly suggests that the dying human brain can be activated. The team concluded this study lays the foundation for further investigation of covert consciousness during cardiac arrest, which may serve as a model system to explore mechanisms of human consciousness. Now, I have an interesting question. At least I think it's interesting. If we have any blind listeners out there that have had a near-death experience, can you tell us 
in that near-death experience could you see? I'm curious if consciousness exists outside of us and it's not beholden to neurons and, and eyes and cones and rods, if you're thrown out of your body and you're, you know, like so many people say, they're hovering over their body, watching people work on them. Do blind people see that? Good. If anybody knows of any studies on that, shoot me a link, Dave at paranormal60.com. If there's anybody in the chat room that knows about this, uh, Winnie, throw up their comments. I'd love to know a little bit more about that. I, that's To me, that's an interesting element of this because if they can come back, blind people, and I mean like lifelong blind people that would not know what things might look like, you know, coming back, I don't know, it's to me just crazy, totally crazy. Um, what do you guys think of that? I mean, you know, is that no. compelling to you that they've got to a point where they're looking at what happens and you know they're still kind of on that precipice of saying well it's just the brain shutting down and you're actually kind of getting a a dream reveal in that seven seconds of shutdown that seems a lot longer but there are people that floated out of their bodies have seen things from the roof have seen things from different rooms that seems to transcend just the brain shutting down yeah i mean I, it, go ahead greg no i i it, it seems like I've read some articles about this before about uh, people who were, have vision impairment and they have had these experiences. Um, but I can't, I, I wanted to chime in when you were talking and, but I can't remember exactly what, what the, what the write-up was on it. Uh, but there's some correlation there. And I'm, I'm on, that's something that actually made me think about that. And I'm going to, I'm going to look that up. Please do. So, yeah. If you find yeah. any information, let me know. Marty, what did you want to say? No, wasn't there situations where people have died and they were floating above and they were able to see things that were on top of the cabinets of the, the room they mm -hmm. were in. And, yep. and when they came back to life, they're like, yeah, there's like, you know, a pin on top of that cabinet. And they're like, there oh. are actually hospitals that are doing studies on near death experiences and out of body experiences that have put things in the ceiling tiles mm -hmm. and markings on the roof. And in wow. specific areas that people have come back and talked about seeing while they were out of body. It's amazing. Yeah. That's, I think that's in England. That's uh, that hospital that was working on that uh, study. So good stuff. Chach, you got any thoughts on all this? Hey, Carlotta, thank you for the love and support. We appreciate it. Uh, I was oh, actually yeah. just thank Googling you. to see if there was any studies being done on it. It seems that there was some back in the eighties, believe it or not. So 40 years ago, they were studying this um, folks that were, uh, no, the 80s were only about 15 to 20, 20 years ago. My bad. I'm not that good at math. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it looks like, well, maybe we could do a follow-up next week. It seems like there's been some studies about it. Yeah. Just what I, uh, I saw quickly was that um, it was very confusing for those that had never had sight before to go into what could be almost the afterlife, but be brought back and were actually seeing things. Wow. Yeesh. Yeah. Wow. What an experience. Boy, I'd love to, if you know of anybody that has had that experience or you have had that experience, put them in touch with me. I'd love to talk to them on the show. Love to have them on here. All right. Uh, Martin, uh, believe it or not, we're up to story number four now. Wow. Already? Gosh, 49, so soon. 49 minutes in. We're so up to soon. Story we're number four. Good. We only have yeah. 16 though. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We're almost there. All right. A Hit scientist me, says he has solved the Bermuda Triangle. About time. Pick yeah, about time, right? Pick any one of the more than 50 ships or 20 planes that have disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle in the last century. 
Each one has a story without an ending, leading to a litany of conspiracy theories about disappearances in the area, marked roughly by Florida, Bermuda, and the Greater Antilles. Australian scientist Carl Kruzelnicki, along with the United States' own National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association, don't subscribe to the Bermuda Triangle's supernatural reputation. Both have been saying for years that there's really no Bermuda Triangle mystery. In fact, the loss and disappearance of ships and planes is a mere fact of probabilities. There's no evidence that mysteries, dis, mysterious disappears, disappearances. <laughs> you were doing wow, so well. I know. Gosh, you were. Oh, uh, occur <sighs> with any greater frequency in the Bermuda Triangle than in any other large, well-traveled area of the ocean. Noah mm-hmm. wrote in 2010. And since 2017, Cruzel Nikki has been saying the same thing. The sheer volume of traffic in a tricky area to navigate, no less, shows the number of ships and planes that go missing in the Bermuda Triangle is the same as anywhere in the world on a percentage basis, he says. Hmm. He says that that both Lloyds of London and the U.S. Coast Guard support that idea. The U.S. Navy and the U.S. Coast Guard contend that there's no supernatural explanations for disasters at sea, Noah says. Their experience suggests that the combined forces of nature and who and human fallibility outdo the most of human. incredulous science that? fiction. Human science friction. Fallibility. It was human. He stumbled. Fallibility. It was human. He stumbled on. But I liked it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, right. The numbers, Dave, don't lie. And that's what I've been told. That's right. Even with some high-profile disappearances, such as Flight 19. A group of five U.S. TBM Avenger torpedo bombers lost in 1945, pushing the theory into popular culture. Kruzelnicki points out that every instance contains a degree of poor weather or likely human error, or both, as in the case of Flight 19, as the true culprit. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, Bermuda Triangle, not so mysterious after all. Well, you know, Dave, you've sailed it and you're a survivor, right? Right. Now, here's here's the deal. So Lloyd's of London, probably a lot of people are like, what the hell is a Lloyd's of London? They're a big insurer, right? So they say, oh, no big deal. But I would like to see what is the cost of insuring a ship or a plane that is going to be passing through the Bermuda Triangle as opposed to one that is not, but following another lengthy course. Do they really live up to their... Oh, there's no big difference. Or do you see a difference in the cost of insurance rates? Well, I can know, see what, Eric over there right now. He's like, I, I know he's working up the numbers. Yeah. I'm working it up right now. What it will cost you, Dave? I think one <laughs> thing, though, Dave, that's probably going to be a difference between that different insurance of various mm-hmm. trips is the fact that, as he said, <laughs> it's tricky to navigate the Bermuda Triangle, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Since yeah. just like it's tricky for Greg to navigate through his stories every week, it it's is. the same wow. as turn the tide. Look at yeah. him turn the tide. <laughs> <laughs> that was talented. And I have no insurance you like at that. all. Yeah. He has no insurance at all. I have no insurance. All. What is he what saying? Is oh, my God. I don't know. It's insane. An insane conversation. All right. Uh, let's get to it. There's uh, some big news this last week. The coronation. We talked about the oh, yeah. Stone of Destiny mm-hmm. last oh, yeah. week, and sudden new images are showing up on the Stone of oh, Destiny. Yeah. 
And this next story kind of leans right into my belief about UFOs being time travelers. Greg, what have you got for us? Well, what the hell is that? Photographer captures UFO at coronation. The mm-hmm. coronation of King Charles III was truly out of this world. A photographer capturing a historic event claims to have snapped images of a UFO, which was seen in the background of a Royal Air Force Red Aeroplanes doing a flyby of overcast London, according to the mirror. Look at that thing. Mm. Look, at little, mm. look how bright that red circle is that's around it. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. the circle on the they picture. Put yeah. that in there, huh? Greg, to yeah. uh, highlight. Yeah. Uh, and do they really need to say it's overcast London? Because isn't that just every yeah. day? Yeah, that's, every day. that's kind yeah. of the deal. It's like it's mm-hmm. raining in Seattle. You know, it's that's misting right. in Seattle. Really? Mm-hmm. Was it? Uh, so the weather was bad. Uh, the weather was bad, so there was <laughs> no birds in the air. And I couldn't really see the planes, so I didn't check the photo until later. Said Simon Ballstep, a 59-year-old shooting from the 13th floor of his apartment building in Limehouse. Mm. When I did through, I spotted through. This, when I yeah. did though, then when I did though, <laughs> I spotted. <laughs> I spotted it all right. I spotted it just fine. Just fine. Yep. When I did though, I spotted this weird object with a red ring around it. And just thought, what the hell is that? The small reddish object he captured, Boston claims to have no idea what it could be. Looks closest to a sideways heart and was apparently horrible. It was a sideways heart and was apparently observed above the jets while they were in a triangular formation heading toward the London Mall. I enhanced the image and tried to increase the specs to see what it was. It looked like a floating acorn or something, he said. All I could get is that this little bit of a red top, but I just have no idea what it could be. Adding to the X-Filesque phenomenon, oh, well, that's, that's not it, phenomenon, Boston claims that there has been a lot of unexplained sightings around east london lately mm. back to you dave very wow. well done mm. yeah. that was well well i like how you i like how you did that looks like mixed <laughs> lips yes <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't wrong all right uh chachi where are we going next well could we go back for a moment to that bermuda oh, triangle okay. question wow sure. wow yeah. all right mm. so here we go um interesting Oh, wow. Speak sometimes. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, Uh it costs more to insure on a Friday because that's when most accidents happen on a cruise ship. Fridays. Friday. Also, Asia now has its own version of the Bermuda Triangle. There you go. A third of the worldwide shipping losses reported in 2017 were in the. We're in the South China, Indochina, Indonesia, and Philippines maritime region, a triangle area. Interesting. A third. So it's like mm. 75% of it. 92. <laughs> yeah. 92%. Sorry. Should have left it to the math. banker to I figure out math. the math. Yeah. So there you go. That's Fridays okay. and a new Bermuda Triangle exists. Who knew? Maybe Friday is a Bermuda Triangle. You learn something new every day. I'm about mm-hmm. to learn you something right now. You ready? Learn right. me. Retired Navy senior 
chief. I almost chief. said chef. I slowed down. Chief. Could have been a chief and a <laughs> chef. Claims he saw a UFO mm-hmm. over Afghanistan. Look at that now, thing. Now, listen here, you two. And by I say you two, I mean Marty and Greg. Mm-hmm. I'm going to want your feedback after this story, so listen closely. Good. Hey, reti- bag. What does that have? A retired Navy senior chief petty officer has said that he witnessed a metallic orb in Afghanistan similar to the one that was displayed in a video during a recent Senate hearing. However, <laughs> due to security agreements and the fear of legal consequences, he is unable to come forward with more detailed information. The retired Navy senior chief, whose identity continues to remain in the da-da, who was, who was, who was, who was, yes, yes, try to put that in there. Who was, identity continues to remain anonymous, has said there is a need for a secure method for individuals to report potential unidentified flying objects. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd love to tell you everything in detail, but I'm not willing to go to jail to do what he said. I'm constrained because of security agreements. So they need to find a way for submissions to be made. According to him, he, along with other military service members, observed a metallic orb from above Afghanistan in the early 2000s. But being constrained by security protocols, it means the materials that were collected are unable to be shared and analyzed. There's quite a bit of gray here. God. How do y'all uh, get away with this? Y'all stop me in the middle of everything. You know what? Yeah, we've yeah, stopped you too many times. He seems so confident when he says We have got to get him a dentist, don't we? I know. Jesus, get him that retainer. Come no, on, I guys. I got a plan for him. I got a plan okay. for Greg. There's quite a bit of gray here because the customer we were working for at the time retained all the collected materials. Hmm. But I know where the bodies are buried. Not necessarily what? where the digital data is, though. I can point them in the right direction, he stated. The very lack of such a secure reporting mechanism was criticized by lawmakers, actually, from both parties following the April 19th hearing of the, and this is my favorite committee, the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. Office. Very well done. Nice. Very well done. Yeah, how do y'all let him get away with it? Very I'm not well getting done, away with anything. Yeah. I don't know if you heard that last statement. Very well done. The ARO, AARO agency within the U.S. Office of the Secretary of Defense investigates unidentified anomalous phenomena, UAPs. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the last month's hearing, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, that's a hell of a good Irish name, the head of the agency presented video clips but noted that the available data was insufficient to fully identify the events that occurred, simply describing them as unresolved cases. This is essentially all the data we have of this event, he stated. It's going to be virtually impossible to fully identify that just based off the video. His Mm -hmm. office right now is currently tracking 650 open cases. Wow. That's a lot of open cases. A lot of open cases. A lot of cases. A lot of cases. cases. As far as cases go, that's a lot. Logan Paul has uh, broken into the news. Oh, yeah. He's a a bit of a thief. I don't know if you guys have heard this story. Yeah. Yeah. Logan Paul claims he has secret UFO video. YouTuber and wrestler Logan Paul. I thought he was an MMA fighter. He's that, too. I think he's fighting next weekend, yeah. He okay. absolutely is not an MMA fighter. He is a boxer. Big okay. difference. 
Slow your roll, son. Slow wow. your roll. Wow. YouTuber and wrestler Logan Paul has confirmed a viral rumor that he has a copy of a legendary UFO video said to be the most compelling evidence of the phenomena ever caught on camera. Logan Paul confirmed the claim that while he unsuccessfully tried to buy the footage from a Nevada man, Chuck Clark, for $100,000 in cash, he used a hidden camera to record the TV screen after asking to watch the video. The people who shot it gave it to him and expected he would keep it hidden for himself. It's not his footage. He is keeping what I thought at the time was important UFO, alien, extraterrestrial proof in his possession and not showing it. Like, why? I think that is doing the disservice to the world. Paul is reluctant to release the video himself, but wanted to show it to Bob Lazar, a controversial figure who claims to have worked on reverse engineering UFO technology for the U.S. government in the 1980s. A video screen shot shows an unexplained aerial object observed by U.S. military personnel. I would show the footage to Bob Lazar just to ask him if he's seen anything like it. And in that case, maybe if he can verify the legitimacy of this tape, then maybe I would release it. You don't see the aliens. The footage is compelling, but not convincing. It is from 1995 and the tape has been degraded. It's probably been played over a thousand times. So the quality is not that great, which is the true reason I haven't released it. I, it just doesn't have enough meat on the bone and proof for me to put it out confidently and be like, this is legit UFO footage. I just don't have enough information at the moment to confidently release this video unless I can prove that it is somewhat legit and maybe Bob Lazar can help me with this. Now, the tape shows two men on a typical sightseeing trip to the area encountering a UFO while in their car at night when all of a sudden the car lights up on the inside. And you can tell by the video they're terrified. One kid, he gets out and he videotapes a disc that was so low you could have hit it with a rock. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, that's what all the witnesses have tried to describe. If you could imagine the skin on this craft glowing like a phosphorus on a beach, that's what it looked like. Like the skin was alive and it had a, a yellow orange color to it, but you could clearly see it was a disc and not an orb. What do you guys think of that? If somebody, you go in to try to make the purchase, the guy says no. And you, Now, the story is Logan Paul showed up with a brick of $100,000, like a brick of cash to buy this. The guy refused to sell it. Now, the here's, here's the interesting part to me as the article points out. Um, this guy's a former military guy. He refused to let him have the video over the years because the men who filmed it were so terrified. But even though your BS meter might be off the charts on something like this, the question is why someone would make such a convincing fake that they would never release. That's an interesting point, right? It's never right. been released to the public. No one has ever tried to cash in on it. Not even the man currently holding the video that Paul bootlegged. He brought him $100,000 in cash. It would have been real easy to just hand this cassette over yeah. and probably have another copy of it. But nobody's standing to make any cash on this or is this the first step now everybody's going to okay hundred thousand is not the number this is going to get this guy into a bidding war to get this piece of crummy 1995 footage out um but how do you feel about him filming it without the permission of the guy just so that he's got he's got a version of it saved see to me as the investigator 
I understand that that feeling. I couldn't cash in on it then. I would feel horrible cashing in on it unless, of course, Chachi showed up with a brick of $100,000. Which is very capable. I would deliver yeah. it to him topless at that point. Right. But uh, I don't know. What What do you think? Greg, you're, you're a cop. I mean, first of all, is that theft if I'm recording it while you're showing it to me? So th- there's a lot of people out there that say they have a lot of all this compelling evidence, but they don't ever want to release it, right? It's, oh, I have this, I have this, I have this. Right. At this point, the paranormal detective in me is like, hell yeah. Uh, you're going to tell everybody you have it, but you won't show it to them. Uh, I'm going to figure out a way to get it. That's the way. Mm-hmm. I, and, and so I, I got com- to compliment him for this because he has enough money to where this guy can sue him now for uh, that appropriation, whatever that is, uh, and, and get some, get some money out of it. I don't know if he's going to get a hundred grand out of it, but, um, the problem is, is if it's faked, they're going to be able to figure out probably whether it's faked unless that video is actually a copy of the video that was faked. then you're not going to be able to figure it out. And then once again, you're not, it's going to be a copy and, and, you know, he's going to be able to say, oh, well, you, you said it was original, but it's a copy and whatever. I mean, that's a chance so I'm, take, I'm, though, right? Yeah, if, I'm, if I'm you're going to give up $100,000 to someone, that's a chance you take. You're like, yeah, yeah it, here's $100,000. Okay, here's my why. It's why would you not turn that over? Other than, like you said, there, there's somebody uh, afraid that uh, there's going to be some sort of repercussions or whatever. Uh, I've I've worked some cases like that in the paranormal field re- relating to Roswell, uh, and I've met with people at their workplace to the point to where I'm calling them a liar. Uh, and be, I'm hey man, you you put it out on the internet that you have all this stuff, and but you're waiting for the right time. What <laughs> what is that? You know what is the right time? And so um, w- when you do something like that, you're just trying to cause attention to yourself and you're, you're not serving anybody any purpose. So um, and, and that was uh, I, I had that confrontation with that guy eight years ago, 10 years ago, and still have never heard anything from him. You know, he he took this very important uh, uh, evidence and uh, UPS it to a friend of his in Seattle for safekeeping. <laughs> he, he he did show it to Chachi and the Colonel and I. Oh, that's he good. Said yeah, you yeah, were kind of a. Dick, I didn't record so it though. He just showed yeah. it to us. No, yeah. it. He offered yeah. us so a couple of copies. I, I'm like, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I commend him. I commend him for doing that. All right. Yeah. Very good. All right. Uh, I guess we, we've come to the end. We have just one story left. Oh my! One story, oh, wow. and believe it or not, it's the Colonel. Oh my! Nice. No. I'm going to oh, end the show. Right. Awesome. Chachi, I'm a little surprised. Usually you bring me the musical musician's version of, of paranormal history. This time, this guy, the Colonel. He's a Colonel. music guru as well. So I'm looking Yeah, at he him. is. Right, not at, not at the level of you two, but I'll I'll try. You two. No. You two as in Dave and Chachi and yeah. you as well. Yeah. The bottom and edge of the show. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go for it, so Marty. Dave. Demi Lovato uh-huh. captures yes. strange object flying through sky on camera and asks if it's a UFO. Demi Lovato filmed a peculiar object flying through the sky on Monday. The 30-year-old hitmaker uploaded the image on social media and circled the object so fans could better see it before asking them whether they thought it was a UFO. Although a little blurry 
what appeared to be a disc-shaped aircraft was visible in the bright blue sky. And although Demi didn't specify where the image was taken, the former Disney star seemed to be in a remote desert-like location. Across the snap, Demi wrote, did I just capture a UFO on camera? This is not the first time Demi has seen strange and unusual phenomena and is excited by the experience. So, yeah, there's the yeah. circle thing I sent you. Yeah. Not wow. quite as wow. nice and circular as circular as the circular. circular. Not quite as nice as, as circular uh, as Greg's. As Greg's picture, oh, granted, yeah. but yeah. Crazy. Good stuff. Well, Greg, uh, I hope that hey. you have a wonderful time there. Well, in, thanks. Uh, uh, and uh, Connie uh, and Nikki. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. want to thank her for the uh, bottle and for uh -huh. Eric uh, providing the uh, advice. Always. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was it. That was, that was just that was that was Connie because she's all. Mm. Connie's, Connie's not that. watching this. Yeah. Connie's down destroying her um, liver like it owes her money. Uh, yeah, <laughs> double cap. We oh. love you, Connie. Yep. Oh. Call it as I see it. We are abusive to ourselves when we go on these paranormal events. That's Ooh, it. good of us. Oh, yeah. That is true. That's it. Uh, we will see you guys back here. I'll be back next Monday, and we'll be talking about dogmen and shapeshifters, skinwalkers, and more. And then the boys will be back with me next Wednesday. And then next week, guys, I'm super psyched again. I'm so pumped that I get a chance to go out to it. Let me throw it up there. So I've got it. Parasycon 4. Ooh, Tickets yeah. still remain. Ooh, Come yeah. out to Parasycon 4 at Old Ohio State Reformatory, Mansfield Prison. It is an amazing place, and there are still VIP tickets available for the VIP party on the first night. You can get more information at parasycon.com or find all of it at darknessevents.com. So for Chachi, the Colonel, and the Paranormal Detective, I am your host and anchor, Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60 News.
Paranormal 60s on. Now one day Dick might even put me on his show. There's a ghost in Mama's basement, man, I live down there, I know. It's Wednesday night, don't be alone. The Paranormal 60s on. Traders on. Words is hard. Jeez, you guys really suck.